0: If you're interested in learning how to leverage LinkedIn for your business, this episode is sponsored by my book, The 7 Habits of Highly Successful LinkedIn Users. To get your free copy, just send a text to 44222 with the word 7HABITS. That's the number 7HABITS to 44222. Now let's get on with the show. Hey, welcome back everybody. And today we have yet another amazing guest. His name is Carl Allen. He's an entrepreneur, an investor, corporate deal maker who has worked on transactions worth over $50 billion. That's with a B, people. So pay close attention. He's done over 250 acquisitions and sales together with more than 100 capital fundraising projects in the past 24 years. And he's here to talk to us today about how to double your sales in the next 90 days and obviously... You know, I'm not going to let the cat out of the bag here, but acquisitions and buying businesses is a big part of that. So welcome to the show.
1: Thank you very much. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah. Thank you for coming on the show, Carl. When I had the opportunity to interview you, it was something that was so different than anything we've ever covered. I just thought it made total sense because, you know, I've been fortunate to acquire some businesses over the years and sell some businesses. And so I've been through the process on both ends, but I'm really eager to hear your framework. So you're going to share with us kind of a 10 step framework or a 10 step process that you've used to acquire businesses to significantly grow your, you know, grow your income and your profits. So super excited about that. But before we dive into that, could you just give us maybe a, a one or two minute backstory, kind of how you got here? Cause I know you've been in the finance world and the venture capital world. Can you draw us a little bit of a picture and then we'll dive right in?
1: Yeah, sure. So, so I started my deal making journey way, way back in 1992. So I grew up on Wall Street. I worked for Bank of America, doing mergers and acquisitions, and I did that for, um, gosh, about ten years. And then I left. I went to business school in Chicago. Then I worked in private equity, and we invested in a company which we ended up selling to Hewlett Packard. And I went to Hewlett Packard as part of that deal. And then I, I was a HP M&A guy, so I was flying all over the world, buying and selling businesses for HP. You know, some of them significant billion dollar plus acquisitions. And my kind of world changed. It was on one day. I, I remember it's 31st of January, 2008, and I was I was in a boardroom in Moscow, and I was working on a deal with HP to buy this company in in Russia. And um, I, I got the phone call. My wife, who was 36 weeks pregnant, gave me the call to say, "Hey, I've gone into labour uh, pretty quickly. I'm on the way to the uh, the hospital. You need to need to get yourself back to the UK very very quickly." So I, I ran out of the building. Luckily, I had my passport and my phone and my wallet on me. I, I left my luggage and my my computer. I ran out of the building, hailed a cab, which is kind of hard to do anywhere, but especially in the middle of Moscow. And luckily, I, I got to the hospital about five minutes before my my son came out. And um, you know, I was sat there with him in, in my arms and, you know, I'd not really been around the family whilst during the pregnancy because I've been flying all over doing these deals. And and I quit. I decided to to quit and become an entrepreneur and basically buy and sell, you know, my own businesses. I knew how to buy businesses. I knew how to grow businesses. I knew how to sell businesses. So I decided it was time for me to, you know, work for myself, be an entrepreneur. So that started in 2008. So, and I'm still doing that today. I own 17 different businesses. I'm buying two more at the moment. Uh, the last deal I did a few weeks ago was was a media company in, in LA. I split my time 50% in the states, 50% in the UK. I got houses in both places. And then about three years ago, I was just getting inundated by people, people that I knew and people that were following me on LinkedIn, saying, "Hey." You know, you've got this ten-step system. You've got this proprietary system to buy businesses using other people's money. How do you do it? So I decided to create uh, an online academy, which is called the Business Buying Accelerator, and that's my, you know, what I'm going to share the the kind of ten steps with you and your your tribe, you know, on this call. That that's my, you know, 99-day proprietary implementation system to go out and you know, get those deals done. And I'll give you some, some detail on that a little bit later. No, that's perfect. So
0: you've said you have 17 different businesses that you're involved with now. Yes. Can you just tell us whether you want to tell the businesses or the industries? I mean, are these a whole diverse range of industries or do you specialize in a niche? I mean, tell me a little bit about those types of businesses that you focus on.
1: They're very diverse and, you know, I'm just a deal junkie. So I'll, I'll do deals in any sector. If the deal makes strategic and and financial sense to me. But my two main areas of focus are professional services, so marketing, advertising agencies. I own an SEO business, I've got a Facebook ad agency. And also, I love doing deals in engineering because a, a big part of doing a leverage buyout, which is the technical term for how we do deals. So we're buying businesses using other people's money. You're typically Looking for businesses that have got good assets and good cash flows. So engineering businesses, I own a whole bunch of those. I think I own seven of those now and about to buy two more. But then I'm always into deals that, you know, kind of hit my passion. So I own a golf driving range, you know, I own a bar, I own an Italian restaurant, you know, I own a go-karting track. These are all things that I love to do in my life. So I bought businesses. You know, in those areas, because I'm I'm passionate about, you know, a big part of business, as you know, is all about passion. So, you know, it's it's actually easier to buy a business than it is to actually run it. So, or own it. So if if you're owning businesses that are in areas that, that you like, it's just a lot easier in my opinion.
0: Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. I mean, I think this is a bit of a mystery for most people. The thought of buying or selling a business is scary on both sides, right? one if you're buying one you don't necessarily know if you're what you're getting into number two if you're selling one you don't know necessarily know what you're getting into on the back end from the terms and getting paid and all that so there's a lot of moving parts there so i'm going to i think we should dive right in cuz you've got a 10 step process and i know we can't do a deep dive on every step because we've got a limited amount of time but you were going to share that framework for us and then yeah. I, I think that's going to bring out some interesting questions in itself. So why don't we dive in there? Why don't you jump into that? And then, um, you know, we'll help the audience understand a little bit more about exactly how your proprietary process works.
1: Yeah, perfect. So very quickly, though, before I go into the 10 steps, I want to just make a point about why people should buy businesses. And there's, there's kind of two reasons. So so if you look at my online academy, there's about 1,500 entrepreneurs and business owners that are inside of that, and they're all doing deals, and it's kind of split between, I would say, entrepreneurs. So th- these are people that you know are working a nine-to-five, and that you know they want their own gig, so they want to own their own business, and they're too afraid to start a new business because starting a new business is just far, far riskier than buying an existing business that somebody else has built but doesn't want to own anymore. Primarily baby boomers, or, or just business owners that have just got burnt out and just want to exit. But then also what I do is I work with a lot of small business owners and my challenge to those guys is I'll show you how you can double the size of your revenues inside of 99 days. It takes about 99 days, you know, to buy a business start to finish, especially if you're doing something else like running a business or you've got a busy family life or or whatever it is, or working a job. So, you know, buying another business will help you double the size of your revenues inside of 99 days. Because, you know, the three things that these people tell me, that the three biggest frustrations are, number one, it's really hard for them to go out and incrementally, you know, add more sales, add more customers to their top line. And, and doubling the size of a business in three months, you know, can be quite daunting. The other challenge that I hear a lot of is cash flow. You know, businesses, they're always struggling with, with cash flow and, that, you know, they want to generate more profits. And then, thirdly, it's always hard for them to get quality people, so quality talent to put into their business and help it grow. If you own a business and you go and buy another business that's strategically related to what you're doing, so let's say you own a software company, you could go and buy an IT services company and you can sell the software to the IT services customers, then you can do the reciprocal, sell the IT services to the software customers, and then As you bring those two businesses together, there's a lot of duplicate costs that you can take out. So not only are you massively driving your sales, your bottom line goes up exponentially because a lot of those fixed costs are duplicated and you don't need them in that combined operation. And then obviously as you buy another business, that's going to come with with employees and that will give you people that you can put into your group and obviously help you take the business forward. And what, what I found... With a lot of the people that have done deals in my academy is they've transitioned from being an owner manager to becoming an owner investor so they have bought another business there's been people in that business that can step up and run the day-to-day and it allows the owner the entrepreneur to work on the business not in the business and do all the strategic work to take the business to the next level which generally can involve just doing more acquisitions so that's the rationale for why people or businesses should buy other businesses. And I've distilled it down to 10 steps. And this This is my proprietary framework. So this has come from 20, it's 25 and a half years now of, of doing deals, 17 different countries. I'm, I'm at over 300 deals now. So lots and lots of deals. And the 10 steps was followed. So the first step, which is quite strange when you're buying a business, the first step is mindset. So the first thing that I do is I... I teach my people the art of mindset because becoming a deal maker and becoming a business buyer, it's a very different mindset to just becoming a business owner. So I, I walk people through the accountability that they need, you know, the requirements to take daily action and the whole kind of process of, of transitioning themselves from being an owner manager to an owner investor, because that's very, very important. The second thing that I then do, and this is really, really important especially if you own an existing business, is your deal specification. So what type of business should you buy? What does that ideal business look like? And there's a couple of different ways that you can do this. So so for example, I gave the uh, analogy before that if you own a software company, look at who your customers are and what they also consume in their industry that you don't provide. So go and buy a business that does that and then you can cross-sell and upsell your products and services between those customer bases once you combine them. So your deal specification is really, really important because there are millions of deals out there. In the USA alone, where I do the majority of my deals, there are over 2.4 million businesses for sale today, and only one in 13 of them, according to BizBySell.com, are actually going to sell in the next 12 months. There's this insane baby boomer problem in, in North America. There's um, there's 10,000 baby boomers retiring every single day, according to the Wall Street Journal. And Inc. magazine has stated that 19% of them own a small business and they don't have an exit strategy. So you've got all these deals out there and there's just no buyers. There's nobody with the knowledge or the capital to be able to do these deals. And and this is why, this is one of the primary reasons why I built my academy, to train business owners and entrepreneurs to be able to to do these deals. So step two, you've, you've nailed your deal spec, you know exactly what type of business you want to buy and how it strategically fits into your existing operation. Or if you're an entrepreneur, your deal spec will be, it's a business that fits your background, your sector knowledge, your skills, and your passions. And then the third step is once you're armed with your deal spec, it's all about deal origination. So this is your process of going out and finding lots of deal opportunities that you can research, you can qualify. And you know for every 10 deals that you look at, there's probably two or three of them that are going to tick all of your boxes. So I take people through all the different methods of originating deals. Most business buyers just go to business brokers, but I've become very sophisticated over the last quarter century in leveraging social media you know leveraging your private network going to events looking at businesses that you can carve out of large corporates and a whole bunch of other different methods so that's step three deal origination and then step four is once you've found a bunch of deals that you like is then you start having conversations or meetings with sellers and what's really interesting and this is the one major difference between you know the billion dollar deals i used to do at hp And, you know, the one to five million dollar deals that I'm doing today and all of my members are doing today is when you're buying a massive business, it's 90 percent financial engineering and it's 10 percent psychology. When you're buying a small business, it's the other way around. It's 90 percent psychology and it's 10 percent numbers because most of the businesses that I buy, I'm buying them from either retiring baby boomers or burnt out business owners. And they care a lot more about the legacy of their business, the name above the door, the safeguarding of their employees and their customers and their suppliers. They do want a little bit of money, but they're happy to take the majority of that money over time using the business's profits, its cash flow, to be able to pay them out in their deal. Most of the sellers that I talk to, all they want to do is to still get paid but not have to go to work anymore. And a leveraged buyout model, an LBO deal, does that perfectly. So module number four is having all those meetings, building rapport, building trust, building credibility, and you basically walking away with the financial accounts for the business, which then leads you into step five, which is doing the financial analysis. And, And people think that you know, to do these deals, to structure these deals, you know, you need to have worked on Wall Street, you need to have an MBA, you know, and I got both of those things. But I got to tell you, structuring these deals, it's as simple as high school math. If you can add and subtract and multiply by three, (laughs) you can structure a leverage buyout for a small business. It's that easy. There's only seven numbers that you need from the financial accounts that a business will give you. Yeah, I
0: I think that's a really intimidating piece for most people analyzing a financial balance sheet of a, a business, whether you're an entrepreneur or not, even if you do have some financial background, you know, reading between the numbers, I think is one of the things that's a little bit challenging for people. So I think that, that that's the one thing right there that, you know, that I've seen, you know, just in my personal experience over the last 25 years has held people back because they've gotten to the point where the numbers were there and then they bailed on the deal. Even though the numbers, you know, sometimes... Looked good on paper. They just were so apprehensive because they weren't confident in their ability to interpret and the risk associated with it.
1: Yeah, it's a great point. And and that's one of the areas where I really kind of focused down in my academy to make it just as simple and as easy to do. And and in very, very simple terms, basically, you're looking for the assets in the business that you can raise finance against. And you're looking for the cash flow because most businesses are valued at a multiple of the annual free cash flow. The average in the US last year was just under two times. So you're you're paying a couple of times free cash flow to buy the business, and then you're putting a little bit of that down at closing by raising some finance from the balance sheet, so from receivables, inventory, real estate, plant and equipment, et cetera, or you can can go down the, the SBA route, which is another funding mechanism, And then basically, you're looking for that cash flow in the business to generate some money for you to pay the seller some money over time. So the financial analysis part of the deal is actually the easiest part of the process. People think it's the hardest thing to do, and it's not. It's actually the easiest thing to do. So so that's step number five, financial analysis. And then you know, once you've modeled the deal up and you know roughly what the deal is worth and how you're going to finance it, then step six is offers and negotiations. And and what I do is, you know, my my process is to create an offer sequence. So you start with a lower offer, but then you have predetermined increments of that. So you're always two or three steps ahead of the seller when you're negotiating the terms. So step six is you make a bunch of offers, you're negotiating them. And at at the end of step six, the goal is you sign something called an LOI, which is a letter of intent, which gives you a fixed period of time, typically eight weeks just to get the deal done get the financing in place get the due diligence done and then get the legal contracts drawn up which buyer and seller sign which transfer the ownership of the business from the seller to the buyer so that's module six module seven is financing so some deals that we do you can do them hundred percent seller financing so if you look at a business it's doing four hundred thousand dollars of free cash flow the seller wants a million dollars for it you might be able to just pay that seller quarter of a million dollars a year for four years. If he wants $100,000 of it down, we'll need to look at the, the balance sheet and the assets on there to raise a little bit of money. So that's step seven, it's financing, it's getting the money that you may or may not need to make a closing payment. And then module, sorry, step number eight is your deal execution. So it's uh, it's getting the deal papered, getting it done. And, and and one of the the big mistakes that that most business buyers make is they try to do the due diligence on all those different things themselves. And and it's crazy that there are advisors out there, there are CPAs that can do your financial due diligence and your commercial due diligence. And then you should always have an attorney do your, your legal due diligence. Because even though you're not investing your own money in most cases, you want to make sure that the business that you're buying, you know, does what it says on the tin. You know, it's a good business that stacks up and it's going to continue to grow and thrive under your ownership. But having advisors do that work for you, you can hire them on a contingency fee basis. So you only pay the fee, the business only pays the fee if and when the deal is actually closed. So that's um, step number eight, which is deal execution. And then step number nine is is just the closing. So you've agreed the deal, you've raised the financing, you've got all the paperwork in place. Step nine is you, you rock up. Traditionally, you go to the seller Lawyer's office, so you can sign remotely if you want to, and you just sign all the paperwork. The money flows from legal escrow, from the financier through to the seller, and then you own the business. And then step ten is what you do with that business once you've bought it. If it's your first business, what you do as a new business owner, or if you bought a bolt-on acquisition, which, which is obviously what we're doing, is how do you integrate that into the business that you've already got? You know, where do you find the additional talent? to bring into the team, you know, how do you cross sell and upsell products and services between the two entities and what costs can you take out because they're duplicated to make the profits of the business grow even faster than the sales. So that's it. That's the 10 steps to, you know, buying any small business between one and $5 million in revenue.
0: I think it's brilliant that you put a course together for this because these 10 steps, while they seem very logical, right? And they seem very, very systematic. There's a lot behind those head- oh, yeah. headlines, right? And, you know, again, like we said at the beginning, uh, like I said at the beginning, it can be very intimidating to think about that. And so, you know, this this concept of putting it down in the form of a course and and a group like you're doing where you're holding their hand and helping them get these deals done seems like a, a just an absolute no-brainer, especially when you talk about those dynamics that you said here in the U.S. with all the baby boomers and And one in 13 businesses selling. My question to you is, does your system position you as the sole owner? Are you just a majority owner, a minority owner? Because, you know, again, I think that's another piece of this, you know, when people start talking about buying a business, the financing piece, if you were to go out and try to raise capital from other investors and you get some dilution and losing control. I mean, how does your system work? Does it focus on leaving you with 100%
1: ownership? Yeah, generally, what we tend to advise is, When you're buying a business, because there's so many businesses out there and because it's a numbers game to all intents and purposes, you're much better buying a business using a combination of debt financing and seller financing. So when you go out and you have to raise equity capital, then you're right. You're faced with dilution. So an equity investor might want 30% of the business. And then, you know, they're rocking up every month for board meetings. They want, you know, they're, they're all over you wanting information about, growth of the business. So we don't tend to recommend that. But in terms of partnering, what a lot of people have done successfully inside of the academy is they have partnered up together. A to share the workload and, and then B, you might have somebody that you know wants to be the deal maker, but you know doesn't have the chops in the particular sector to be able to, you know, build rapport with owners, to build rapport with financiers. So I'm seeing a lot of people, you know, kind of partnering together or you know, people that, you know, just want to do deals together generally. So you can partner and buy the business 50-50 or whatever split that you that you see. Or you can obviously go out and buy the business 100 percent You know, if, if you've got the sector chops and you're prepared to do all the heavy lifting, you know, of, of essentially project managing the deal, project managing the transaction.
0: Yeah, that makes total sense. Well, listen, we're gonna wrap it up. So let's do rapid fire on these next couple of questions. Uh the next question is What's your favorite growth tool or software that you're using in your business to
1: grow? So that's a really great question. And for me, the absolute killer tool that I'm mesmerized by, and this this will make you laugh, is Slack. One of the challenges that I've always had in my business was email. I used to get about 1,200 emails a day, you know, across my 17 different businesses. I'm just getting all these freaking emails every day. And I'd be spending half my day just answering emails. So what I did is, is I actually turned off my email account. I set up a new email, which not a lot of people have now. And then all of my, my business leaders and all of my internal teams were all on Slack. What we're finding is it's saving me a whole bunch of time on communication. So I've got more time to think about strategically growing my businesses. But also what I'm finding is in my businesses, we're able to make decisions just so much faster. And that's helping us grow so much faster. So I know it's a very, very basic tool, and it's a free tool, believe it or not. But Slack for me is one of the most incredible things you know I've seen over the past few years. And, and yeah, you know we use Trello a lot, which is a great tool, and you know we're massive users of Infusionsoft, but and, and Evernote and all those different things. But for me, uh, Slack is the one tool that I could point to over the last year that has, has just given me so much more time to you know, to think about growing my businesses, but also it's allowing my businesses to grow in and of themselves with just, just a rapid quick fire pace that we're making decisions on stuff.
0: Perfect. What's one book that you would recommend to my audience?
1: Wow. That's a great question. You know, I read two books a week. I'm looking at my bookcase in my office now. I have over a thousand books on there. I'm not sure I could pin it down.
0: Well, focus on one you've read recently. Let's say in the last six months to a year.
1: Okay, so the so it, it's a book that I've read. It's a book that I read every year, and I actually finished reading the book just this morning. Again, I just come back from vacation. And I always read it when I'm on vacation. It's a book called Barbarians at the Gate, and it's a novel. It's a book about the twenty-five billion dollar leverage buyout of RGR Nabisco back in the nineteen eighties, and the guy that ended up buying that business for twenty-five billion dollars bought it without investing any of his own money. So it's a great kind of backstory to what leverage buyouts are. Obviously, you know, me and my entrepreneurial academy, we're doing LBOs in the one to $5 million range, not the $25 billion range, but it's a fascinating book about deal-making and about the steps you go through to buying businesses and how the politics sometimes work and the psychology and the emotion. So anybody that wants to buy businesses and wants to be a deal-maker, That is a book that I would highly, highly recommend.
0: Perfect. Well, listen, thanks for sharing. Before we sign off here, let everybody know how they can connect with you, learn more about what you got going on at your academy, and then we'll close it out for today.
1: Yeah. So I have a 90-minute complimentary training session where I actually break down the 10 steps in quite a lot of detail. So it's not your classic webinar talks all about me. It's basically, here's who I am. And then for eight to nine minutes, I'm going to show you how this works. And there's loads of free tools on there. I give away the the, uh, the financial model that I talked about how easy it is to structure deals. So that training, it's an evergreen training. Uh, so you can watch it anytime. That's at ninjaacquisitions.com forward slash free.
0: Perfect. Well, listen, I'll add that to the show notes. I really appreciate you being here and sharing your 10-step system. And I'm sure we'll talk again soon.
1: My pleasure. Thank you very much indeed. Thanks, girl. Cheers. Bye.
0: Listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in. I truly appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the podcast, then do me a huge favor. Click the subscribe button now and please leave me a review. It would mean a lot to me.